Well, golly, welcome to this edition of Ask the Garden Geek. My name is Michael Kroos. I am the chief geek in charge. And guess what we're not going to talk about today? We're not going to talk about gardening. Oh, <laughs> what? You say, wait a minute. This is the Ask the Garden Geek show. Yeah, I know. It's a podcast. And one of the things I learned about podcasting is you can do whatever the hell you want on a podcast. And today, it's kind of important that I talk about podcasting as opposed to talking about gardening. Although I got to tell you, I killed some chinch bugs in my front yard uh, yesterday. I walked out. I looked at my front yard. And I see a little yellow thing out by the sidewalk. I go, what is this? I walked out there and I looked, you know, I, I glanced down at it and I saw that it was yellow. I got down closely. I pulled apart some of the grass and there in the middle of the grass right in that little section was chinch bugs. Chinch bugs, by the way, are little bugs. They're about a fifth of an inch long. And they you can tell they're chinch bugs because they have a white dot on their back. Did I say I wasn't talking gardening? I'm not going to, except for a minute. Uh, and so you know that they're there. And they have something called piercing sucking mouth parts. Yeah, piercing sucking mouth parts. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. They got a little sword out of their mouth. It's, it's like a little thing. And they stick it into the node of the, say, in my case, St. Augustine grass. And they inject this fluid in there, which softens up the sap. And then while the mouth part is still in there, they suck out the sap and they eat the sap and they love the sap because it makes them bigger and healthier and makes them want to go out and make love with other chinch bugs, thus making more chinch bugs. And I can't have this. In the old days, we used heavy chemicals to get rid of them. But today it's a new world and I'm a new guy. Yeah, I'm a new guy. I'm a garden geek. I go into my backyard and in the corner of my backyard is a plastic storage thingy, you know, and in that storage thingy, I keep one thing and one thing only. I keep a product called Xterra, uh, or I'm sorry, not Xterra, wrong one. I don't edit. We're just going to keep going. I use Eccentria. That's what it's called. Eccentria. Isn't that cool? I like that. It's good stuff. It is all botanical. It's made up of, uh, the main ingredient is, I think, sesame seed oil, but there's a bunch of other things. And I am the only person in the continental United States that I know of that cannot stand the smell of this stuff, even though it's all natural. Everybody loves it. So I don't even keep it in my garage because it stinks up my garage with this botanical smell that I just can't stand. And I go and I mixed it in a two-gallon sprayer with water. And I went out there, and I've got a really good two-gallon sprayer. You know, I didn't get one of these cheap ones. I got a good one, and it's got a fan jet on it. And I walked out there, and I saturated that whole area. I saturated the whole damn area with the Centria. Uh, you know, and I followed the label directions. I mixed it according to what the label says, you know, and all that. I did not go heavy. I did not go light. I went exactly what they wanted me to do. And I put it out there, and I sprayed the bejeejis out of it. I walk out there, you know— this morning, I walk out there and after I'd, you know, after I, well, after it was sprayed and I couldn't find a live chinch bug anywhere in it. Now I'm going to have to do another application in a week because this is natural and it doesn't have any residual and I want to kill the babies as they hatch out. So I'll probably do an application a week for maybe the next two weeks until all the babies are gone, which doesn't sound nice. It sounds unfriendly. Anyway, back to non-gardening. All right, but essentially, you can find it on Amazon. I don't sell it. I don't make anything off of it. Just just look it up. Good stuff. Uh, but, you know, if you're like me, you're not going to like the smell, but you're not like me because nobody's like me. So anyway, I have been doing this gardening show since uh, 1987. 
That's a lot of years. I mean, that is a terrifically large amount of years. As a matter of fact, it is so, you know, 1987, and this is now 2019. No, as my son would say, my 24-year-old son would say, Dad, no mathematician on earth can figure out how many years that is. We're going to have to get a computer or something. Anyway, that's how long I've been doing radio. And radio has changed over the years. I started doing radio, doing fill-in for a local guy. And uh, I, and I just did fill-in for his gardening show. And by the way, I was terrific at it. I was so good at it that after the first time I did it, the guy's, the guy's program director tried to hire me, said, would you take over for this show? I, you know, you're better than the guy that does the show. And I said, no. I'm not going to do that. You know, he's my friend. I'm not going to do that. He says, okay, but you're going to be the fill-in whenever he's gone. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll be happy to do that because this is fun. I had a lot of fun and I did. So I was always the fill-in guy. Whenever this guy wanted to take a vacation or get lost for a weekend, I would do the fill-in show. One time he got suspended for two weeks for saying something wrong on the radio, something bad. And I got to fill in for those two weeks and I had to make up lies. I say, oh, he's on vacation. Always, you know, his, his dog is sick. I, you know, I had to make up all this stuff why he wasn't there. I wasn't supposed to say he's not here because he got suspended because he was a bad guy. Anyway, I did that. And then one day there was a guy and his name is Jack Ellery. Jack Ellery, some of you will know that name. Jack Ellery is a big time national radio broadcasting type guy. And Jack Ellery was the program director of the Sun Radio Network. And he called up the guy that I fill in for. He said, I'm trying to get a hold of Michael Kroos. And he goes, why? He goes, I want to offer him a national radio show. He says, oh, no, I'm better than him. You should offer it to me. I don't know how to get a hold of Michael. I think Michael moved away. I think Michael has whooping cough. I think Michael uh, moved to Australia. I think Michael has a flat tire. I can't give you Michael's number. Anyway, he then called the program director of the radio station, who then gave him my name. Now, understand, after I said I wouldn't take this guy's show, he's trying to get my opportunity. Anyway, Jack Ellery calls me up. He goes, we're looking to do a gardening show on the Sun Radio Network. I said, a radio network? He's, yeah, we're heard on radio stations all over the world, you know, all over the United States. Isn't it great? You're going to be famous. You know, and so we talked about it a little bit. And I said, yeah, sounds cool. He goes, it's Saturday, 10 a.m. in the morning. I said, be there Saturday to do your first show. I said, okay. He said, I should have you come in first and do a fake show to see if I like you. I said, you obviously like me because you heard me filling in for this other guy. I said, I'm not going to come in and do a fake show. If you want me, I'll come. If you don't want me, you know, I got other things to do. He said, all right, come in, do the show. So I came in. They give me this contract to sign, which I didn't understand. I understood none of it. All I knew is I was going to be on the radio. Walked into this room. On the other side of the glass, on the other side of the glass, is the same board operator that I worked at with when I filled in for the other guy. The guy's name is Michael Serio. Some of you may know who he is. If you're a radio junkie, you might know who Michael Serio is because he's not a board op anymore. Now he's, you know, doing other things in radio. And some of you might know who he is, but he was board op and he goes, oh, what are you doing over here? And I said, I'm doing a gardening show. He goes, oh, okay. So, I'm used to, when I would fill in for the other guy, the other guy had a very popular show and there were phone lines there. And when I walked in the studio, the phone lines all lit up and I was going to do a two hour show here on, on the Sun Radio Network. And I figured I'd have a lot of calls because there were people all across the country listening to me. It was going to be a big thing. So I sat down and I introduced myself and I talked a little bit about gardening. I gave out the phone number 
And, you know, and I'm looking down at the lights and the lights aren't blinking and I'm not getting calls. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I had never done a two hour radio show without a lot of calls to go to. Okay. So this was kind of a baptism by fire. I had to go for a whole segment without any calls. I did a whole segment, go to commercial and Michael Serio is on the other side of the glass. And he says, come, you know, talks through the, the thing while we're on commercial. He goes, by the way, nobody listens to this network yet. He said, we're on about 16 stations and the stations are smaller than my Volkswagen. I said, Oh, that's interesting. So he says, so you just got to fill, you got to, you know, figure you're going to talk for two hours. I said, Oh, that's interesting. So I did. And I talked for two hours and I was entertaining as hell. I did. I was, I talked about different plants. I talked about trees. I talked about shrubs. I did, you know, I, I just, you know, was, I made it through the two hours. The next week I started getting calls and then the, the show started growing. And before you knew it, I was on a lot of stations and my phone lines lit up like crazy and I, it was great. And it, it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And the next thing, you know, I'm on 190 stations across the country. And this guy up in Chicago, his name was Stu. He's a big time agent. He calls me up. He goes, I want to be your agent. He says, I can get you a better deal with the network. I said, and I had heard of this guy. I had actually heard of this guy because there was a local talk show host who used to talk about him. He said, oh, my agent's Stu in Chicago. I said, you're Stu in Chicago. Yeah. So next thing you know, he says, I'll represent you. But he says, in the meantime, I got a personal appearance for you to make up here in Chicago. If you want it, you get $2,000 for it, plus all expenses. You know, they'll fly you up here. They'll put you in a hotel. They'll drive you around. You know, they'll, they'll buy you a car. You know, whatever it was, I had, uh, you know, all of this happening. So I go up there. And by the way, up until then, I used to walk into this little room, into a studio, sit my fat behind down look on the other side of the glass and there would be a board out there and I'd have my big gulp of diet Coke and I would sit there and drink it and just take calls. I'd never thought anything was big. So I get up there with my producer, Scotty, Scotty and I go to Chicago. We fly to Chicago and we go and we're playing at this mall and we had to go, we got there, you know, the day uh, before or no, the, the, well, we got there that day, but the show wasn't happening that day until four o'clock. My show had been moved till four o'clock, actually three o'clock, but four or maybe it was two o'clock. It was two o'clock because it was three o'clock in the Eastern time when my show started. So we had, we had to go there in the morning to this mall and we had to go in and, you know, Scotty had to get all the equipment set up to shoot the show back to the network. So we, I go with them. We go up there. We, they have one of these computerized signs. This is in the late eighties, right? By the way. Okay. Computerized signs. And it says appearing today, Michael Kroos talking gardening at, you know, whatever the time. And I, I said, Oh, that's interesting. And this guy says, you should have brought a camera. You could have taken a picture of it. I said, yeah, this was before cell phones and all that good type of stuff. So then we walked into the mall and when we walked into the mall on every store in the mall, was a poster with my picture on it saying, appearing today, Michael Crows, you know, gardening. Uh, and all of a sudden I started getting very self-conscious. Did you ever watch the, the TV show uh, with David Jansen, The Fugitive? Remember how he used to walk around and he'd put his collar up and, you know, bow his head a little bit? Well, that's what I was doing because I was feeling very self-confidence, you know, self-conscious. So we go in there, 
we set up, you know, Scotty sets up all the equipment, we test it, and then we leave. And I'm saying, this is just weird. We go back in there, uh, you know, 40 minutes before the show starts. There was a thousand people in the audience. The place was packed in the middle of this mall. And they had put up a bigger poster behind me on the stage with my picture. The picture was bigger than I am in person. I mean, this giant picture. And they stuck that back there. Appearing today, Michael Crow's guard. And there was a thousand people out there that listened to my show. This was the very first time that I realized that I actually was heard by a bunch of people. Uh, I, I was heard by a bunch. So I, I, I got up and I did a five minute before we started the show, talking to everybody, telling everybody, showing if you want to ask me a question, you walk up to this microphone. That, and this is Scotty, my producer. And everybody had known who Scotty was because I talked about him on the air all the time. And everybody was thrilled to meet Scotty. And uh, Scotty, you talk to Scotty and tell him, you know, you want to do it. And he's going to put the microphone in front of you and you can ask a question. We did all this. And anyway, I did the show. It was fabulous. And then I stuck around the next day to do a seminar. And believe it or not, there was a thousand people at the seminar that I did the next day uh, about lawn care, which was just totally bizarre. So anyway, the show got really big, really, really, really big. And my agent got me a better deal. And because he went to contract, and then he called me up. He says, Hey, Chuck Carter has started a new network. Chuck Carter was the one who used to own the Sun Radio Network, and he sold it to these people, and they bounced him out. So he says, he started a new network. I said, well, I'm loyal to Chuck. He says, well, let me get you a good deal. And I said, okay. He says, well, Chuck's up in White Springs, Florida now. That's 210 miles. I said, I'm not going 210 miles every week to do a radio show. And so he comes back. He goes, they're going to come down to your house, and they're going to set up a studio in your house that you can broadcast the show from your house. I said, that's good. He negotiated this whole thing, this whole thing. By the way, in the other room of my house right now, is a, in the, there's a studio over there, which is an ISDN studio. I'm, it's, I use it only for doing live commercials for radio stations across the country. But in that room is the microphone, the Electro Voice uh, RE20 microphone is still in that other room that came from the people's radio network that they'd come down and set up for. I still have it. And uh, they set up everything, did everything. And the next thing you know, my show is on 270 stations and it's doing very, 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 very well. And then Chuck, uh, I don't know why he did this, but he sold out to the UAW. Why did he do that? They immediately got rid of him and brought in their guy who they thought was going to be a star. And they brought in this guy, uh, who is now the program director, who had never worked in radio. His name was Jay Clifford Curley. And this guy was a plague upon my innocence to the great despair of my ugly life. And I've always learned in radio to always hate your boss. That's one of the things I learned very early. Do not respect your boss, be mean to your boss, and say bad things about him on the air. And uh, I never did that too much. I just I just never did that. My boss at, at the Sun Radio Network was a guy by the name of Bill Wardino, and it was kind of a joke. I would say bad things about him while he was right in front of me, and he would just laugh it off. You know, it was, it was great. He said, it's great radio. So anyway, I'm doing the show from my house, and as it turns out, Jay Clifford Curley was in the master control room up in White Springs listening to me, and we go to commercial, and he pops into the intercom. He goes, Michael, I'm Jay Clifford Curley. And I don't want you to talk about this. I want you to talk about that. I said, what? He goes, 
well, you're talking an awful lot about trees right now. And I think you need to, you know, transition out of trees and maybe talk about, you know, vegetable gardening. I said, okay, uh, I got a really good idea. And he said, what's that? I said, I want you to take your happy ass and walk out of that control room and never talk to me again. And he goes, and he, so he left, he, he left. And I did the show. And the next thing you know, I'm doing fill-in work during the week for Chuck Harder, who they'd gotten rid of. And Joel uh, Vincent, who, by the way, just passed away. He's a dear man. I was doing fill-in work for Joel Vincent, who was, you know, being moved around. And, and we're all dealing with this Jay Clifford Curley guy. And, you know, it's, it's Jay Clifford Curley went into Joel Vincent's control room. And said, you know, was telling him what to talk about. And every time there was a break, he was in there talking into Joel's ears. And Joel just doesn't take crap like this. Joel just put his headphones down and walked out and said, I'll come to work tomorrow if this guy's not in the other room. And, you know, that's what happened. But anyway, through that, it's all it's all good and it's all wonderful. And I dealt with Jay Clifford Curley basically by insulting his car, insulting what he looked like, although I'd never met the guy in person. Uh, and just, I just ranted about him and hoping, you know, hoping upon hope that he would, you know, leave me alone, which he eventually did. And the UAW destroyed that net, that network. They absolutely destroyed that network. And while that network was being destroyed by the UAW and Jay Clifford Curley, and it was falling apart, I just said, you know what? This isn't fun anymore. And I quit. I just quit. I said, I'm done. See you guys later. Have a nice day. You know, because Jay Clifford Curley would say, well, if you don't do as I say, we may have to renegotiate our contract. Or no, what do he say? We may have to renegotiate our relationship. That's what he would say. So one day I just called him up. I said, Jay Clifford Curley, go what? I said, I'm here to uh, renegotiate our relationship. He goes, how? I said, I quit. Goodbye. Have a nice day. See you. Adios. Out of here gone. Okay. Just gone. At which point I called my, my agent, Stu. And, uh, strangely, Stu didn't answer his phone. Strangely, phone, Stu's phone had been dis disconnected. And strangely, I found out that Stu had been arrested for investment fraud. I said, oh, this is good. This, this, this is really, really, really good. So the next thing you know, fast forward, Chuck Carter starts another network. He starts the new People's Radio Network, and he calls me up because you want to do the show. I said, "Yeah, immediately, right in there." So I, I did that until that fell apart because uh, Chuck just didn't have the funding. I didn't think his heart was in it. I, by the way, did the first live broadcast on that network, and I did the last live broadcast on that network before the network just disappeared. At which point, I get a call from a radio network called the Business Radio Network. I get a call from a guy who is the general manager there. Really nice guy. Really nice. He calls me on my cell phone. Now, we are into the 90s now, late 90s at this stage of the game. We're in, into the mid to late 90s. And I don't have a radio show, and I'm kind of feeling weird. And he calls me on my cell phone while I'm taking my daughter to the dentist. So my daughter, you know, we drive up and I said to my daughter, I said, I'm talking to this guy. She goes, no problem. She's a teenager. I'm going to go in. I got this dad. Don't worry about it. Everything is good. I said, all right. 
So she goes in and I negotiate a contract with the, with the Biz Talk, Business Talk Radio Network. It's fabulous. Right there, he says, you can start to say, you're going to need equipment. I said, I got all the equipment. He goes, you're going to need an ISDN line. I said, you want to know something? He said, what? I said, the UAW never disconnected. After I quit, they never disconnected my ISDN line. They said, really? I said, yeah. And they said, oh, so next thing you know, their people are testing it. And sure enough, the thing still works. He said, well, we're just going to use it because they'll eventually shut it off. Then we'll have to reconnect another one. I said, okay. I could tell you a little secret right now. In the other room, which I call the ISDN uh, studio, is an ISDN line that I use to broadcast out live to different radio stations on occasion. That ISDN line is still being paid for, I guess, by the UAW. I don't know. I've never gotten a bill. It's just been out there. It's not in my name. I don't own it. The UAW has not owned their radio network since, I don't know, early 90s. They they went away, but yet it's still out there. My good friend, Paul, who also does a, did a show for them back then, has an ISDN in his home that they installed, and it still, it still works. And I have another friend on the other coast who also did a show, and his ISDN still works. And Joel Vincent's ISDN worked until he moved to Florida. And, you know, it's, it's probably still hooked up in his condo in Atlanta. But until he moved back to Tampa, it was still working. So I don't know, still there. I, I use it once in a while. Anyhow, radio changed because the laws changed. And when the laws changed, they got rid of uh, this regulation that said a company can only own seven AMs and seven FMs. Now a company can own as many radio stations as they want in as many markets as they want. At which point, companies like Clear Channel, now iHeartRadio, and CBS Radio, and Cumulus, and some of these others, went out and started buying up radio stations. And all the radio stations that I was on, or most of them, were family-owned radio stations. WKXY in Sarasota, owned by the Fernandez fam family for years. They sold out. They were offered so much money, they had to sell out. They, they sold out to Salem. And, uh, you know, so all of a sudden... The amount of stations that I was on just started disappearing and disappearing. And radio networks started disappearing. One of the few radio networks that existed was still the Biz Talk Radio Network, Business Talk Radio Network, who hired me to do a show. And I'd been I've been doing a show with them ever since. But yet, it's shrinking and shrinking. And then the Business Talk Radio Network was sold out from the people who owned it up in uh, uh, up in. Connecticut to an outfit in Dallas, Texas, who knew nothing about radio. They were a video company and they kind of outsourced every, running this network and they just don't care about it in my mind, you know, and as it turns out, there was a satellite realignment that was done and they found out that it was going to cost them three to four times more to stick these radio shows up to the satellite than it currently does. So they, you know, they, they, all, they called up and they said, listen, in November, if you still want to do your show, you got to pay me $3,000 a week to do your show. I said, wait a minute. You don't understand. I've never paid anybody to be on radio. As you know, it goes the other way. I get paid. You know, well, you know, we'll start a podcast for you. We're going to podcast your show. We've already, we're already doing that. 
I said, uh, you know, I can podcast my show myself. He said, but we're going to have to charge you to podcast your show. I said, no, I, I can do it myself. So I'm doing live radio for them until middle of November when the satellite shuts off. And as I understand it, I think they're just going to start doing their shows online, which will, for, you know, practical purposes be the end of them in, in my mind. I don't know. So I'm doing, I started doing this as a podcast. I took uh, a couple segments out of my radio show, stuck them together. Sometimes I record a show just for the podcast. And, uh, and today I'm just explaining everything to you. So I am podcasting and I'm recording a podcast right now from my home in my studio, which you can do just as well as I can. It's not terribly difficult. So this is how we do it. And from now on, I probably won't do a show like this. We'll be back to gardening. But as you know, every Thursday, generally, today I'm doing it on Friday, but every Thursday, I put a new podcast up here that you can download. And now there's kind of an explanation of what's going on. You people have a fabulous, fabulous day.